Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill, the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. This is edition number 174 of season eight. We're still looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. Today we're in chapter 31, paragraph number three. Let's pray together first. Our Father in heaven, as we come to your word once again, we come to be instructed by your spirit. He who penned it as a a light to our path uh, to guide and direct us in our daily lives. We pray that we would sit humbly at your feet and we would learn from you. We pray that you'd forgive us for the many ways in which we fall short of your glory, that we do not love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We don't love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Forgive us and help us, Father, we pray. Now direct and guide us, we ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, paragraph number three is relatively short, but in it, uh, there are some very important matters that we need to discuss. We've been looking at matters related to synods and councils, or in my context, in my tradition, uh, Presbyterianism, sessions, presbyteries, and general assemblies. We, we know that it's, these things are given for the better government and further edification of the church. It, we've noted in paragraph two the, the, the different tasks and responsibilities these sessions or presbyteries, general assemblies, synods, or councils are given in their various ministerial labors uh, to declare the word of God to the people, dealing with controversies of faith, doctrine, theology, cases of conscience, to even set up rules that we might do all things decently and in order uh, for the church. And so in my context, the Presbyterian Church in America, we have a book of church order that gives guidance to the churches as to how to perform, how to uh, function as a church, uh, to do it in a way that is agreeable to the Word of God. However, all of this being said, we come to a very important aspect of these various synods and councils or sessions or presbyteries, general assemblies, and that is, as paragraph 3 states, all synods or councils since the apostles' times, whether general or particular, may err, and many have erred. Therefore, they are not to be made the rule of faith or practice, but to be used as a help in both. Now, since the apostles' times, these senators or councils may err. It's really important that we underscore the word may. It doesn't mean that they have to, just because they are comprised of men, many men gathering together in a synod or council, session, presbytery, general assembly, have not erred have made right and good judgment about doctrines pertaining to theology and faith and practice and controversies of religion and and so forth. Uh, Sometimes they do, uh, undoubtedly, because we are men after all, and though we seek to do the best we can to serve the church to the best of our ability, we are not the apostles. The apostles, and in the apostles' time, as the paragraph states, the apostles were in fact a little bit unique. And Dr. Van Dixhorn on page 419 in his commentary says the apostles working in concert were kept from error in guiding the church. But since that time, any gathering of rulers from ecumenical councils to congregational elderships may err. Only by the inspiration and miraculous guidance of the Holy Spirit can we be kept from fault. And while the Holy Spirit still guides his church, His inspired guidance ended with the completion of the New Testament. The Christian church and its teachings are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, Ephesians 2.20. 
The church is not to look for an expanded foundation in the pretended apostolic succession offered by popes or the supposed apostolic restoration offered by Mormons. Regardless of the claims of Roman Catholics or the contentions of any number of cults, there is no human leadership, either individual or collective, that can be kept from error. The 16th century Protestant apologist William Whitaker was often quoted on the floor of the Westminster Assembly. It was his judgment that Roman Catholics cannot possibly prevail against us by the scriptures, and therefore they press us as closely as they can with the authority of the fathers. But church fathers, though useful, are not second-generation apostles. And so this really is, as Dr. Van Dixhorn points out to us, this is really a doctrinal declaration. But there are some historical observations, as he notes, as well as it relates to this particular paragraph. And he says, this is all the more apparent when we join the assembly in making an historical observation that when one considers the decisions of synods or councils since the apostles' times, whether general or particular, many have erred. Whether deemed ecumenical councils or local synods, we know that these councils must have erred since they cannot... They sometimes contradict one another, and truly opposing opinions cannot both be correct. Indeed, they both be, cannot be correct at the same time. During the Roman Catholic history, there was multiple popes at one time, two, maybe three popes. They were excommunicating each other. Obviously, this, it's ridiculous. They're obviously making mistakes. They're obviously erring. He goes on to say, we also know that they have erred because they contradict the teaching of Scripture. One only has to think of the Fourth Lateran Council in 1213, which helpfully clarified the doctrine of the Trinity, Trinity, but also formally adopted the flawed doctrine of transubstantiation. Or the Council of Trent, meeting in phases between 1545 and 1563, which ruthlessly attacked the biblical doctrine of justification. We would call that an error, a very serious error as it turns out. And so we need to realize that, of course, your elders are not perfect men. Your presbyters, the presbytery, when they meet three times, four times a year, however many times they meet, they, they are not meeting as infallible body of of, of officers in the church. They trust and lean upon the guidance of the Holy Spirit to direct and govern the church, and the Lord Jesus is pleased to use the courts of the church, the courts of the church being made up of the sessions, your local body of elders in your church, uh, your presbytery, uh, the, 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 the aggregate um, total of churches in a region, and then the general assembly or synods and councils, whatever particular tradition you find yourself these men, trusting the guidance of the Holy Spirit, seek to do what the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King and the head of the church, would have them do. But they don't always get it right. They make mistakes. Uh, they are men. Now, with that said, we, we recognize as members of the church that that is also, that is, of course, true. But that doesn't mean they're always wrong. And it doesn't mean that they're often wrong. Uh, but it does mean that there are times when they don't get it right. And a session that's humble, a presbytery that's humble, will admit those realities, those times, and seek to make correction as necessary. Uh, what does that mean for you in the pew? Well, it means, first, you should be praying fervently for your elders in your church, because they need the guidance and wisdom of the Holy Spirit as they seek to do business in the church, sometimes very serious business. Second, it also means that you don't gripe and complain about their decisions. If you have a question or concern about something that they have done, then go speak with them. 
talking to the other members of the church, having conversations about their decisions, making reference to their decisions in a disparaging way is unhelpful. I know they make mistakes. Of course they do. I'm on a session. We've made mistakes. Um, I trust that none of them have been so egregious that it's upset the very fabric of the church. I can't think of one, but be that as it may, the fact remains that you need to be praying for your leaders, your officers in your church. You need to deal with them in a God-honoring manner when you think they have indeed erred. You know, even the Bereans are commended for listening to the preaching of the apostles in Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 17, by daily searching the scriptures. And you need to do that too. And you need to pray that your elders are doing the same, and they ought to be, because they can err and they often err. But with that said, if you find that they have deviated so egregiously from any system of doctrine taught in their doctrinal standards, in my context, the Westminster standards, then you need to speak with them directly. You need to follow the biblical principles. You ought not be gossiping or slandering around the church and making disparaging remarks about them. And so we recognize that God, the Holy Spirit, uses these courts of the church to guide and direct his church, even in spite of the errors, despite the errors that they make. He still is governing and directing the church. And so this is not an excuse for members in the church to say, well, I can just gripe and complain about the decisions I don't like because, you know, councils and synods err, so my, my elders obviously did. And, and no, that's not, that's not an excuse for that. No, if you really believe and honestly, prayerfully have considered the matter, then you respectfully address your elders in the right manner, in the right time about these things. You don't just simply whine and complain about what they've done because after all they make mistakes and you know everybody makes mistakes well that's true but the fact remains still that the lord has given them to you to guide and direct your life and guide and direct the church so in spite of the fact that they do err at times um, handle it in the right god-honoring way and pray for them as they seek to do the lord's work in the courts of the church well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Wednesday edition, when we look at paragraph number four, may the Lord bless you today. May you strive to walk according to his ways. God bless.